Welcome to the White Sunglasses. I'm Jindai. My pronouns are she, her, they, them, and I'm a gender-fluid, queer, Black woman. I'm also a first-generation college graduate, a native English speaker, a sexual assault survivor, and so much more. As you can tell, I'm made up of multiple identities, so whenever one of them feels threatened, I notice it right away. However, I've always noticed that others don't always understand where that feeling of being threatened comes from, or how someone can feel threatened even when things are supposed to be fine. Let's dive into episode one. What are the white sunglasses? Part of what I want this podcast to do is help people see what it means to be a person of color but I also wanna provide a space for people of color to feel seen, to have their experiences articulated and affirmed. Thus, I've created this podcast to help myself and others better understand this phenomenon. This podcast will examine belonging uncertainty, both physiologically and anecdotally. This isn't meant to be an interrogation. No one is meant to feel bad listening to this. But while listening, I want you to be able to really examine yourself and others in relation to spaces. I want you to be able to subjectively engage and objectively act. We'll talk more about that later. First, let's look at two things. Passive marginalization versus microaggressions. This topic for me is personal. I've always felt that even though I'm welcomed in spaces, I've never been asked if my identity feels safe, if I feel safe. Oftentimes, society treats the idea of safe spaces as places in which there is no active marginalization happening. I'm not actively being discriminated against, so it's fine, right? However, there is still that persistent risk of passive acts of marginalization. These passive acts are what create social belonging threats, the things that signal to the amygdala that something's wrong. We're not safe here. And because of those thoughts, because the amygdala has been activated due to active or passive acts of marginalization, A cycle of belonging uncertainty festers. Now, let me back up. To start, let's talk about our friend, the amygdala. She's not a disease. She's inside our brains, working with our PFC, or prefrontal cortex, to help us analyze and make decisions. She's the part of the brain designed to protect us from threats to our core needs. I'm going to be saying that a lot. Core needs. What are core needs? Belonging, improvement, choice, equality, predictability, and status, or biceps for short. So when the core needs, or biceps, feel threatened by social situations between things like family, friends, or at work, 
the amygdala goes into lockdown panic mode, fight or flight. And since most of the time we can't throw hands with our bosses for being microaggressive towards us, that means we choose flight. She wants us to get out of that bad situation immediately and feel safe as soon as possible. Now, don't get me wrong, we love the amygdala. Sometimes she's a little dramatic and overprotective, but she's designed to be that way. She keeps us safe, but it's not always easy to identify why she's activated. Sometimes it might be someone being blatantly racist or homophobic or a microaggression, and that's pretty obvious. Or it's something even smaller, something you can't quite place. Like when you walk into your boss's office and the vibe just feels off. For the sake of this podcast, we'll call that experience passive marginalization. If this is feeling a little overwhelming or confusing, don't worry, I've got you. Let's break it down a little. I said before that we're going to talk about passive marginalization versus microaggressions. You may have heard the term microaggression before. If not, Merriam-Webster defines microaggressions as a comment or action that subtly and often unconsciously or unintentionally expresses a prejudiced attitude toward a member of a marginalized group, such as a racial minority. Think about it as a person-to-person interaction. A person says or does a microaggression towards another person. When that happens, the amygdala feels threatened and we know to stay away. So how is passive marginalization different from a microaggression? While I don't think passive marginalization is a technical term by any means, I like to think of it as the space-to-person interaction. A space's vibe or energy manifesting feelings of marginalization towards a person. This could also make the amygdala feel threatened, even if no one is actively acting on it. I could even be surrounded by people who proclaim themselves to be allies. But if the space makes me feel uncomfortable, then we can call that passive marginalization. Let's look at an example. A person of color is hired into a small company that only has one other person of color employed, but not of the same race. While the company proclaims itself to be inclusive and has policies and practices that emphasize that, the space being full of white people doesn't feel super welcoming to a person of color. That feeling then generates a feeling of doubt, of discomfort of anxiety. The amygdala is activated, despite being told that everything is fine. Here's another example. A white person brings their partner, who is a person of color, 
over for dinner to meet their parents. While the parents seem very accepting and accommodating, the partner notices lots of Trump 2020 signs in the neighborhood on the drive over. While none of those signs are in their white partner's parents' yard, it still creates this super uneasy feeling. The person of color partner finds themselves looking outside constantly throughout dinner and can't shake the feeling that they're being watched despite knowing that they're in a home that accepts them. Now, in these two scenarios, why is the amygdala acting up? It's because one of the core needs, belonging, is in question. You start to wonder, how can I belong here if I don't see others who look like me? How can I feel comfortable knowing that so many people around me might not like me? Is it even worth the effort to try and make space for myself here? Will I be tokenized? And just like that, you've spiraled into worst scenario thoughts. And your amygdala is screaming to get out and save yourself. If it doesn't feel like you can belong, then there's no point threatening that core need to begin with. Too often, people of color are thrown into situations where we've had our amygdalas hijacked. Even if those moments are when we're expecting to have to deal with marginalization, it still hurts. It still activates the amygdala and makes us wonder why we bothered putting ourselves in the situation to begin with. We're trained to be prepared to have our core needs threatened. We're trained to be on the defensive. This is some heavy stuff, but it's my life. It's the lives of so many people of color and LGBTQ plus folks. So why is this first episode titled something about some white sunglasses? Let's unpack the term white sunglasses. First, look at sunglasses. What do they do? They shade your eyes from the blinding space ball in the sky and make it easier to see things around you. They also dim things a bit, skew the colors around you. But what happens when you take off your sunglasses your eyes have a moment to adjust to the colors around you. The true saturation of the world versus what the sunglasses convinced your brain was normal for a bit. With the sunglasses off, it takes a second, but you learn to adjust. Now, let's unpack white in relation to sunglasses. When I say white here, I don't mean just the color of the sunglasses. I mean the race, the institution, the anti-people of color culture behind the sunglasses. The white sunglasses 
are a way to view the world from the lens of anti-people of color culture, from a place of privilege. Being a person of color means you're constantly fighting the white sunglasses to show others your perspective, the realities of your life. Being white automatically means you have these sunglasses on. And it takes a lot of deliberate educating to learn to take them off. And it's hard to take them off. Society convinces us that keeping the white sunglasses on is normal and even beneficial to society. If we just keep going like we're going, things will be fine. But that in itself is a microaggression. To say that things are fine is to say that the experiences people of color have are not actually happening, or a big deal, or even real. But if it is real, and I know it's real, then why does someone wearing the white sunglasses have the authority to tell me it's not? What's so bad? about taking off the sunglasses and seeing the world the way it really is, the way our institutions designed it to really be. Remember before how I mentioned that the amygdala can get activated over any threat to our core needs? I want to bring it all together now. Let's consider what that means in the context of the white sunglasses. When a person in a privileged position is asked to take off their white sunglasses, to see the world in its true hues, that can feel like a threat. That privileged person might start thinking, what do you mean? The world I see is the world there is. There's nothing wrong. I'm not racist. I'm not harming anyone. And that cycle of thoughts, that defensiveness that comes up, is the amygdala saying that the core needs of equality and status are in danger. It makes people wonder how their own equality level, how their own status will change as a result of being forced to see what others are doing and that others aren't doing too great. They worry that they'll lose status be forced to give some of what makes them comfortable, like there's not enough to go around. Why do they have this fear? Why do they feel so threatened by the idea of others having equality, 
because our institution has ingrained that fear into us all. Yes, us all. People of color, white people, LGBTQ plus people, all religions, all abilities. We're all taught to fear. We're all taught that the status quo being threatened cannot possibly be a good thing for one ridiculous reason or another. The amygdala is about protecting us. So when passive acts of marginalization feel possible for any group, when the biceps feel threatened, people with privilege duct tape those white glasses to their faces. They refuse to take them off. They reaffirm their realities as fine. Look, what I see is normal. Everything is going well for me. And they blatantly refuse to believe anything else. That blatant refusal, that duct taping of the white sunglasses so that it is impossible to take them off. That is what threatens non-privileged people, people of color, LGBTQ plus people, marginalized religions, marginalized body types. The inability to see how others are not okay, how they are suffering, is a threat. And that makes the cycle of fear continue. Fear is powerful, but it is not almighty. I want each episode of this podcast to examine the ways in which the white sunglasses have shaped our world. For better or for worse. And I do mean for better or for worse. It won't be easy, but it'll be honest. And with the base knowledge and understanding that I hope we all have thus far, I want to continue doing this together. Let's take off the white sunglasses. Let's confront the institution. Let's confront our fears. It sounds scary, right? Confronting, being honest, being vulnerable. But hey, let's do it together. You and me. Thank you for listening to episode one. What are the white sunglasses? I look forward to hearing it in episode two.